welcome to the Michigan Publishing Podcast, where we engage with the people and ideas that enable us to support the broadest possible access to scholarship and drive our leadership in academic publishing. I'm Elizabeth Demers, Editorial Director for the University of Michigan Press, as well as host for this episode. This is the first episode of our five-part mini-series dedicated to building structural equity in line with this year's International Open Access Week. Through this series, we talk to a range of stakeholders addressing questions around open access and the implications of OA for diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. On today's episode, I am delighted to welcome Amber Hardiman, a PhD student in the Department of Film, Television, and Media at the University of Michigan and doctoral fellow supported by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. I am also delighted to welcome Natasha Robertson, a senior undergraduate student at the University of Michigan studying political science and history. Thank you both, Amber and Natasha, for being here today. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you so much. So let's get started. We've got some great questions today. Amber, I'm going to start with you on this one. How have you encountered or engaged with open access content in your classwork and research? I'll be honest, I didn't have a strong understanding of open access publishing until very recently, essentially until I held a seasonal position working as a marketing assistant for the University of Michigan Press this past summer. So I had a vague sense of it being a mode of academic publishing that was made available to the wider public, but I lacked an understanding of its many benefits, both for scholars and for the wider community at large. So while I was working for the press this past summer, I had the chance to learn about the history of the open access movement, its international reach, and its effort to deliver free and open access content to users with very little to no financial, legal, or technical barriers. So I'm still in the process of learning about how I might personally use open access scholarship in my dissertation research and exploring opportunities for publishing my work with journals that use an open access model. So basically, all of this just means that I'm taking stock of all of the different professional considerations that come with deciding which specific journals I might like to submit to and why. So it's been a really fun learning process. Thank you so much. And Natasha, as an undergraduate, you might have a different kind of relationship with open access. Can you tell us how you encounter open access content in your classwork and research? Yeah, I've consistently used open access resources throughout my four years at the university. My freshman year, I had a research-based political science class that brought in a university librarian to help explain the resources that were available to us both through the open access movement and through the library. Without this guidance, it would have been a much more difficult learning curve at the university, and I wouldn't have known much at all about the open access movement. As I moved into the more advanced political science and history courses, I found more and more use for open access academic journals and books. The journals have been especially useful when I need to collect a variety of articles for my paper or if I need to find more information about a specific topic. Open access books were especially helpful during my junior year as I wrote a research paper on the intersection of women's rights movements and labor unions. There were a few key books that I found through open access that allowed me to find more information about this topic. The online open access component of these books was also especially important since this was during the height of the pandemic and I did not have access to physical library copies of academic books. So Natasha, building on that, let me ask, what does open access mean to you? And why do you think open access is important, especially as it relates to you at this point in your studies and your career? To me, open access means increased academic accessibility. It means being able to find information without financial burdens, which is especially important to me as a student. I found that at the university, all my peers discussed the importance of free information and materials. 
As students, textbooks and academic resources are expensive, and the finances of these materials are often hidden until you get to the university. No one really tells you about the added expenses of just taking classes. There are fees to access online resources to do your required homework. There are fees for textbooks. There are fees for getting the material you need to take an exam. So the availability of open access academic resources is super important and has been relevant throughout my college career. It helps to ease the burden of university life. At this point in my studies, I see open access only growing in relevance. I'm taking capstone courses as a senior, and research is something that I actively participate in within all my classes. I'm interested in working in the political and policy sphere after graduation, so open access resources will be important for expanding my education. I think it's really important to stay up to date with most relevant policy and political science information available, especially for people who will have exposure and access to policymakers. So open access can help facilitate the spread of information. Thank you. And Amber, I know you encountered open access in a slightly different way through your work with the press. Um, Can you talk about what open access means to you and why it's important relating to you at this point in your studies and career? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think that there are several ways of thinking about open access and what it can accomplish from both professional and academic perspectives. So I think it's really important to acknowledge first and foremost that not all graduate or undergraduate students go on to pursue academic careers, but this doesn't mean that open access can't provide a unique opportunity for individuals to make important contributions to their respective fields. So for example, for those working in the university system, open access scholarship can be really helpful from both a research and a teaching standpoint, given that it includes fewer barriers to reuse with respect to copyright, etc. But whether you're working in academia or within the professional sector, it can increase the visibility and reach of your work, regardless of your respective industry. And I think most importantly, open access can help us to meet the goals of diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives in really new and exciting and innovative ways that might be otherwise unavailable to us. So in my past experience, I've noticed that I think more and more students today are seeking to bridge the work that they do academically with wider public outreach initiatives and community-oriented work especially in the humanities and social sciences. So being able to freely access and apply academic research and knowledge within these settings is extremely important right now, especially given our current social and political climate and everything that's been happening recently. So I think that open access might provide unique opportunities for students to support activist or socially oriented work at the same time that it can also offer professional benefits to those seeking to apply the academic skill sets that they build here to public facing work and advocacy. And I guess I just really hope to explore all of these opportunities eventually in my own work as well. Amber, you make a great point about the benefits of open access. So let me ask you, what are some of the most common misconceptions around open access for graduate students? And thinking about that a little further, what are some of the key themes or questions that graduate students should be aware of when thinking about pursuing open access publishing? I think that the main area of misunderstanding and anxiety around open access publishing for graduate students in particular relates to the question of whether or not they should publish their dissertation or thesis using an open access platform. So I'm in the third year of my PhD program, which means I don't have much personal experience with this yet. But from what I've read, most of the anxieties surround questions of research quality, quote unquote, and the possibility of securing book contracts later on and the long-term professional implications involved in these types of publishing decisions. There are also misconceptions around whether or not open access journals are peer-reviewed or of the same quality as their traditional counterparts. 
So of course, this depends entirely on the journal, which is why I think we really need to be mindful of this type of mythologizing when evaluating if OA makes sense for individual authors and researchers. I also think that the main thing to keep in mind here is that perceptions of open access are highly field and journal specific. So there is not really a one size fits all answer to be had in terms of what is the best decision for the individual scholar and the nature of their work. And I also think it's really important to recognize that according to a lot of survey-based studies, open access dissertations that have been revised for book publications do still appeal to the majority of university presses who cite a much wider range of criteria involved in their decision to publish, with quality and audience often being at the forefront here. Thank you. And I know both Amber and Natasha, you have talked about using open access to address inequity. And Natasha, I wonder if you could expand on that a little bit and talk about why open access is important for diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts, both inside and outside of academia. During my time at the University of Michigan, the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion has been a consistent theme throughout. In academia, there are so many barriers to both education and information that needs to be addressed in order to promote the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think that open access promotes the idea of academic inclusion, which is something that I feel really strongly about as an undergrad. It creates an equal ground among all of us as students, which is something that is often overlooked when talking about education barriers. It also goes beyond academia, allowing everyone to utilize important resources about a variety of topics. My dad is a high school teacher, so when I find an interesting book or article that's open access, I always send it to him. I think this is how ideas and information should spread, going beyond the university setting to individuals that like to keep on learning. Open access promotes the idea of diversity as well, allowing for perspectives and new information to filter through. This will be especially important to me as I enter the workforce since I can use these open access resources to help promote the idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion beyond my university career. Natasha, thank you. And I love that link between the academic and the non-academic world and how open access can make that transition really easily, which gives me an opportunity to ask Amber. We've spoken about this in this podcast before, but can you talk a little bit more about diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts inside and outside of academia in your perspective and how open access really addresses those? Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is a really big question, and it's very much tied to the larger theme of this year's International Open Access Week that focuses on building structural equity. So this year's theme aligns deliberately with UNESCO's recommendation on open science, which strongly asserts the importance of equity in pursuing a future for scholarship that is open to everyone by default. So I think in simple terms, open access helps to support diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts because it helps to make leading scholarship available to the broadest possible audience. It can help to support a range of community initiatives through its no-cost model and lack of subscription fee structure, which frequently requires institutional access. And by making existing systems of knowledge dissemination more equitable, open access arguably helps to rebuild and transform these systems themselves in ways that help to foster a more inclusive global community composed of a range of voices and perspectives. It also offers new opportunities for collaboration between academics and the wider public, and in so doing can help us to shift how we think about an organized community infrastructure and decision-making informed by open knowledge and civic partnerships. So ultimately, I think this type of work should not be limited to just Open Access Week, but needs to be something that we strive towards day in and day out. I love this compelling discussion on open access and your experiences with it, both of you. Thank you, Amber and Natasha, for your time today. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. Please tune in for our next episode in the series for a conversation about open access and libraries. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Michigan Publishing Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss a show. 
You can also follow the University of Michigan Press on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn for posts about episodes and other relevant content about our work. This podcast was written and produced by Emma DePasquale with the support of Michigan Publishing and the University of Michigan.